all here self-selected right so there's I guess immediately for me there's something that tells me there is a healthy drive inside of all of you to want to talk about things that have been going on in your life right like it's it's quite a big thing to put yourself forward to do this and I, I recognize that but it it also speaks to me that there's something really healthy inside of you that wants to talk wants to share wants to connect and so I wonder where the group wants to begin get annoyed about why am I feeling like this no one else is feeling like this everyone's okay with being a little bit late why am I feeling mm. like mm. like it's the end of the world and yet I'm sat here listening to all of you and thinking, no wonder there's such a difference in mortality rates between men and women, right? Like you guys are all about internally, you're kind of like chewed up, mm. right? All of this kind of built up feelings. And, and then where does it go, right? Into your body, yeah. literally into your psyche, into your mind, into your body. And she was sitting in the passenger seat loving it. She's just chilled. It was like nothing had happened. She was absolutely fine the whole way there because yeah. it, it is what it is. But I think I just take longer to, to process it mm. and just get through it, really. Right. Like, there's a, like, from all the, you have the conversations and the work and the, mm. the healing things, I just say, like, the time scales just get shorter mm. and you become, like, in, you, you know, this, the two separations of the things of yourself and, like, just crack on, like, it's fine, get over it. And then, actually, like, your time scales of recognising the things just get, like, down to the point that they happen, you can express them, that's cool, and then you just crack on instead of that mm. thing. And I found that's part of the, the process. Mm -hmm. um, your time scales will just get short now. I think nah, it depends so what it is as well though. Like if it's something that I've done, then it's I'm I'm in a mood for like <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. But if it's something that somebody else has done, I'm e I can I'm able to let it go easier. Like if it's with Erin, yeah. like I'm able to let it go a bit easier. But yeah, now, if it's something that I've yeah, if it's something that I've done, I don't like I don't necessarily punish myself like I would have done before. Like oh, now you've got a I don't know if I've been late. Now you've got to work longer or something like that. It's just like okay, well, this has happened. I'm mm. I, I'm there, but I'm still if I've done something wrong, I'm still in I'm still angry for a while. But you're saying you're not. It doesn't go into the punishing. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we've got to. That was that. That's what stage we're at at the moment. Yeah, so not punishing, but just yeah, still. Well, I, do, I still will sometimes, but not as not the, not like all the time. Not life isn't just full of punishment. Yeah, Colonel comes out. Yeah, exactly. Um, you see, the Colonel right. is not as like he's not there as much anymore. He's strong. Yeah, exactly. Using that as just the those so like, um, you know, like I you, you can treat them as like isolated incident in, incidents, or then you like kind of start painting a broader picture yeah. of everything. Um, and I was using this example the other day, and like. So living down in, in kind of Berkhamstead, which is a nice area. People are, you know, people are, people are quite well off down there. I, I'm not, I'm just renting. Oh, I'm just living with a mate, basically. I'm squatting. Um, but uh, I, was, I was talking about it and I was like, uh, I, like, you know when someone like cuts you off in traffic or whatever it is, or they don't let you out. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, like this person cut me off. And I was like, oh, right. Um, Okay, so that's annoying, like that, that's really annoying. And then the next person did it right after them, and I was like, this town is just <laughs> full. Yeah. And, and then like someone else did something, and then for like two hours, because it, it could like, <laughs> instead of just three people that just may not have seen me, suddenly then it turned into this huge thing where I was like, oh, Global. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Wow, this is a great this way of explaining. Yeah, this, this generation, generation don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, of course they're driving a Tesla. Yeah. Of course they are. Every Tesla drive. And I was yeah. like, and so, uh, yeah, I'm used myself. But you, you definitely see those. Because you do that with a partner, right? There might just be something that 
one thing that is an isolated incident and then suddenly the next thing happens and the next thing happens and then you should paint this broad brush where you're like, they are infuriating and I can't be with them anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Someone once told me to say to yourself, oh, they, they must really need a poo. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they cut you up, they're getting yeah, somewhere yeah. first because they need a poo. Yeah, if exactly. they pull out on you, they must need to need a poo. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> a little bit of humour. Right. I've yeah. that I'll try remember that next time. <laughs> so, look, I'm mindful, Adam. It is, it is your session today and you've also kind of cued us into, look, you did feel anxious about it before and I'm wondering how you're feeling now and... Um, yeah, my heart's beating a little bit faster again. Yeah, yeah, kind of mindful. It's it's approaching your time yeah. and yeah. So shall we turn to you? Can do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as I say, I you know when when I said I know where to start, mm. kind of don't. Okay, now. that's okay. Um, but I guess my so my experience surrounds um, pregnancy and childbirth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not my pregnancy, obviously. Um, it was what we were having to kind of go through, I, I think in our second pregnancy, off the back of what we went through during our first birth. Mm. Um, and that experience started, I think we were, so we had kind of a, a, a list of things that we didn't want to happen. Um, you know, we didn't want, um, we, we didn't want to be under kind of consultant-led care. We didn't want to, um, well, earlier on in the, in the pregnancy, Sammy started showing some signs of preeclampsia, so the symptoms, swelling and things like that. Mm -hmm. Sorry for that, what's that? That could be quite dangerous in pregnancy, do you want to say? Or do um, you want to say? Well, it's yeah, it can be it can be quite dangerous in in, in pregnancy. I'm not I'm not a, a medical expert on it, and I don't really know the ins and outs of it. But um, certainly the, the the signs and symptoms are warning signs and symptoms to basically you've got to birth your baby. Okay. Um, otherwise, it it can be a, 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 the mother and the baby can be both at risk mm -hmm. of, of dying. Um, so obviously that was on our list of not really wanted to go down that, that avenue. And there, there were a lot of things that were on this list. Um, and as we were getting closer to the, the, the kind of 40 weeks, these symptoms started to maybe increase a little bit. And I think the, the community midwife, when we were around to the appointment, she was, um, she was all kind of, she was, she was lovely throughout the, throughout the pregnancy. Um, in the last few weeks, she was, kind of spotting these signs and symptoms and obviously rightly so kind of call, calling them out and saying well, um you know if this gets any any bigger if this gets worse or whatnot we'll have to transfer you to hospital which obviously we, we didn't kind of want and i don't think anyone would particularly want that um and i think we were going to our last what turned out to be the last midwife appointment in the community i think sammy kind of knew that these symptoms had increased and was kind of um she thought yeah this is going to be it she's going to say oh we, we, you've got to go to hospital and it did turn out to to be that um and i think so it was it was the journey going to the hospital you know she was really upset of um you know this is this 
this has happened, we've, we've now got to, to go to the hospital. She didn't want an induction either, so it was because of these signs, you know, they try and speed up the process of, okay. of a natural thing, which, you know, it's bits and bobs about what I agree with and, and not. Um, In terms of the medical procedures? or the Yeah, so trying to put a man-made timeline on something that's meant to be quite natural. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we got to the hospital. Staff were lovely. Um, you know, did did the the right tests? Kind of came back and said, "Look, this is these are the options." Obviously, we could make the final decision if we mm -hmm. didn't want the induction. Then we didn't have to. Mm -hmm. um, but that that was what what we decided to do. You know, the, the risks benefits were explained to us. We hadn't done an awful lot of reading up on the subject, um, and so we were kind of more in their hands than than not. Mm -hmm. um, decided down that route, and then. It was booked in for the next day. So kind of went home, had that evening and night to, to stew over it, really. You know, it's almost didn't want it to go this way, stewing over what's going to happen now. Um, and we rang up in the morning. They said, yeah, come on in. Well, the ward's quiet, so off we go. By the time we got there, the ward was chaos. And it um, it went so far as the, oh we can't do this now, um, so we'll you know we'll try again in an hour we'll try again in two hours it just it just yeah it just I think it was maybe we got there about eight a.m. it was maybe three or four p.m. when when it actually things started to to happen, um, and I think the. From what I remember of that experience, it was actually quite nice, positive-wise, because because we were waiting for so long, we went on walks of the hospital grounds, and mm -hmm. it was it was lovely. Um, the bit that really um, like hit hit me hard was when when Sammy's waters broke, and I know that that's kind of fast-forwarding quite a lot, but, but like I say, that. There was a lot of it that was that was pleasant, so to speak. Um, so the um, because having been induced, you're then it's very procedural. Um, so, as I say, putting this timeline on something that's relatively natural, and mm -hmm. should you should you let it run run its course, and I, I you know I I respect I respect the medical profession because I was. One of them. Mm. Um, one of them. It's us. It's us. <laughs> um, so I, I respect them. I have an understanding of of the training that they've been through, of the research that's out there, of of you know why these things happen. But they take a long time to filter down, and you know I'll touch on it later on um, in in the experience. But um, there was there was a. I don't really. I don't want this to become a. Oh, it was that midwife. But the midwife in question, if she'd have just looked at, at the at the at everything, so how Sammy was was reacting to the induction, um, what physical things were happening on the monitors, what Sammy looked like as a person, what was happening there, she would have realised that she didn't need to break those waters. 
and it probably would have, you know, happened. Um, and as I say, yes, there were signs of preeclampsia, but actually they were they were reducing. So, you know, I think having a bigger picture rather than saying, I've got this procedure, this is, it's been however long it was, this is the next thing, off we go. So um, something overly prescribed, right? Like in a way that you're saying yeah. was so, makes me think about the, the example you brought today, the Elsdon Festival, yeah. something being so rigid and yeah. controlled and Precisely. not allowing this flexibility, yeah. the, the movement. Um, so the waters were, were broken and um, from that moment on, it was the worst four hours of my life. Um, and I think, yeah, it was, it was bad. We had, you, you know, you, you expect, I guess, an amount of, um, of pain, discomfort, not really knowing what to do, being in a space that, you know, of overwhelm in terms of both of us, really, because, mm -hmm. like I say, we weren't necessarily that read up on it. We'd done some hypnobirthing, which uh, we'd done a, a course on that in relation to maybe a different way to, to birth. And in that, to be fair, there was a lot of um, advocate for yourself. Make sure that you're using this um, um, acronym. And... Uh, because they're going to want to do this, they're going to want to do that, and you've got to make sure that you're... It was almost like you've got to challenge it. Got to. Got to challenge it. And if you don't, then it's just going to... Yeah. It's going to so. be done to you, and you say yeah. this us and them, right? It really yeah. does feel like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, try, obviously condensing four hours into a few minutes, but... Uh, yeah, the, 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 having having to what's it, standing there with your wife hanging off your neck because she's in agony, not having anyone because this so the midwife was either the the ward was was overrun it was too busy, but we didn't see the midwife, and you know I having had a different experience with our second child, I know that they are meant to, or at least they had the opportunity to where we were, be in the room with you. And I would assume that having, you know, he hearing Sammy in so much discomfort, they would, they would be there. And they just, they just weren't. So all, yeah, Sammy was hanging off my neck. Um, Monitors, you know, beeping everywhere. This, this bloody, whatever it was, um, that would. It was. Um, what was it? It was the puck thing to monitor the uh, monitor the heart rate of um, the baby. Um, it would get on sliding off because again, we didn't. Sammy didn't want to um, be on the bed, which is where she got told to to go, and because this monitor was on again because of the the symptoms, you know. If there's uh, an increase in heart rate and the baby's distressed or, or, or slowing of the heart rate. So they suggested that it needs to be monitored. And these were on this list that we were kind of slowly ticking off. Oh, yeah, well, that's happened. We didn't want to happen. That's happened. So, <coughs> um, we, 
yeah, I, I can just remember it was the worst. It was the worst experience of my life. For you, um, what was what was the worst part? Seeing her in so much pain. Um, both of us not, you know, I'm, I, and I th I've, we've talked about, we'll probably come on to it, but we've talked about how Sammy felt in that, in that time as well. Mm -hmm. um, but for, for me, I was, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm so far out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what to do. Um, I've got no, no support. I've got this patronising woman that keeps on coming in and after this um, the hypnobirthing, the questions and the conversation was meant to be focused on the, uh, the kind of the, the, the birth partner. Mm -hmm. And then I would relay that to Sammy because the whole issue, uh, the whole thing with hypnobirthing was to, to get Sammy into a state of, um, of what's more natural. And uh, we had these scripts and things to kind of put her into, uh, not a trance or anything, you know, it's not Darren Brown or out, but it was um, to get her into a more comfort, mm. more relaxed state so that things could progress naturally. Um, and so every time the midwife, you know, did, did come in, she would start by saying to me, and then Sammy would, would look up maybe, and then it would go directly to, to Sammy. And, you know, maybe there wasn't the understanding of that's what people that have done this hypnobirthing course ex expect or, you know, but I'd requested it and I repeated, I kept on saying, you know, mm -hmm. she just wasn't, seemingly wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. um, so I felt like I had no support from the medical team. Uh, there was an instance where somebody was on the... Uh, the can't even think of the ball thing. Yeah. Um, and because it was somewhat more comfortable, but because of the water had broken and you can get a lot or a little, just happened to, to be um, quite a lot in this case. It, um, it ruined her precious graph. Her, you know, the midwife came in and was, was almost more mad at the graph being ruined um, than actually being concerned about the amount of discomfort Sammy was in. And it just, it just all felt so difficult to get our point over to, to her. Um, so, so before that lady came on shift, there was the perfect midwife, it seemed. She was, she was lovely. She was listening, she was, she was kind. She was doing a night shift, so she finished at, at eight and then this, um, the, the other midwife came on. And we were just kind of longing for her to come back. Mm. Um, Good midwife to return. Well, exactly. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, with the monitor, you know, the monitor's not really picking anything up. Um, so, you know, that sparks a load of celebrations, doesn't it? Um, if the monitor's not working, we're going to have to put you on the bed. Well, no, we don't want to go on the bed. And that wasn't us being awkward. It's like we... So just, yeah, it, that coupled with the amount of, of, of discomfort that she was in, me feeling... I just felt, hope, you know, helpless. Help. I, couldn't, <coughs> I couldn't do anything to actually... Well, I felt like I couldn't do anything. 
Um, and they say that you get to a, to a point in, in the birth, I think it's between maybe seven and 10 centimeters or eight and 10 centimeters where you hit a, an absolute wall or the intensity of the contractions are, are such that it's, it goes maybe two ways. Um, you, you either feel like you can't do it anymore or so that maybe it's the most intense, maybe it's the most, most, most painful. It felt like that for four hours um, because I remember it happening with that second. So it felt like the same thing just, just for, for four hours. Um, and that, uh, after that, um, so we got to the point where um, Sammy wanted uh, an epidural, which the, the midwife agreed with, again, just in a... I know that they have to explain all of the, the side effects, all of the risks, all of the benefits potentially, mm -hmm. but it was just... You know what it, it felt like? It felt like they didn't realise... It, it felt like they thought that Sammy was a kid, and they were like, you know, this is, um, I just, I treat you like a kid. Um, you do, you do, you know, it's almost that kind of narrative. right? Because yeah. you're talking about an experience which really is like that though, right? You're help. you're saying you're helpless yeah. and you're reliant on somebody bigger than you, right? More professional than you and hoping that they will be caring for you. Yeah. And they just, she just didn't seem to, she just, and the consultant came in to do the epidural. She was fantastic. It was just, like I said, I don't want it to be a midwife bashing session, but it just felt like this one person was just out to get us, mm -hmm. or at least out to, had, had maybe had preconceptions of how we were going to be, or just made up her own mind that she was just going to be not helpful, mm -hmm. um, not listening, and just... So after the, after the epidural, um, which you know, I think it only, it only worked on one leg, Sammy was, yeah, I think it worked fully on one leg and then kind of halfway, but it did reduce the, you know, the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And Sammy had that wave. It was like, right, second wind. Mm -hmm. I was LucasAid man. Um, and, and, well, it all coincides with the other midwife coming back, because she did. She started a shift and she was either assigned to or chose to, to birth our baby and it was like my god you know <laughs> um Your she's come answered. back and it's yeah. like great um and yeah teamwork and i don't know whether it was because we were further down the line it was the the kind of classic pushing phase or mm -hmm. or what but she stayed she stayed in the room even if she was you know making sure that the place looked a bit you know more presentable she stayed right. and whether that was because she of you just meant to you know at that at that stage you can't really you can't really leave the the um the the the, um, the woman i don't know but she did and that was everything to us because we had some guidance we we knew that was mm -hmm. it was okay it was going to be okay um i was by tammy's tammy's head lucas aid um and i remember actually that, that at that time it wasn't such I'm helpless. I can't do anything. What's gonna What's gonna happen? It was more right. This is our job. This is what we're gonna do. I'm just this man with the Lucas aid, 
um, and it it kind of got to got to the you know kind of an hour, um, which is again the the kind of time that you're kind of allowed um, before things they before they start to get worried, um, and we had another kind of con uh, con consultant come in. And they'd said that basically for this last four hours, Lottie had been stuck um, from what they think was the breaking of the waters, creating a pressure, moving Lottie down, and then she couldn't kind of wriggle out of it, um, which obviously made our day. Um, well, again, though, if you don't, you know, I know I appreciate you're kind of using a bit of levity there, but I mean, how did you really feel? I think it mixed because we had the, you know, a, a professional, a medical expert coming in, mm -hmm. assessing the situation and giving us, a, right, this is what's happened, this is what now needs to happen. Yeah. Because she wasn't going to come out. Um, she had to, you know, she had to have a C-section, but having that clarity at that point was, was what we needed. Mm -hmm. um, but it was... So we've been through that four hours and she wasn't going to come out anyway, which was, um, and the hour of, of, you know, Sammy was an absolute warrior throughout the whole thing um, for it not to then go her way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was, that was tough. Mm, that looks painful. Um, yeah, it's got to be devastating though, right? You're four hours in and... And then you get told that news and you feel like you've got to start again, right? Yeah. yeah. And also going, you know, Sammy, that was the last thing that Sammy wanted was a, a C-section. Because she knew that we wanted more kids and she knew that she would have the challenge of, um, of a V-back, so... Um, yeah, mixed emotions, really. I think... Um I mean, I'm not the expert in, in children, but thanks for sharing that, because that's obviously, like, massive, and obviously it's... Uh, but it sounds like... really sounds like you've got what is supposed to be one of the best days that you ever... Was this your first child? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the best days ever, and you're walking around and all of those things that everyone looks for. I'm sure there's all the build-up and stuff, so I'm coming at this from, like, a, trying to understand the emotional point of view. You've got this build-up, and then within this then, like, little, like, bubble of time, you've then got, like, anger, this, that, like, feeling of hopelessness, fearfulness, all of these sorts of bits. So it's just, like, this little um, ball of what the hell's going on. Um, and I can imagine that that's, like, a really kind of over... Like, like you've said, like, overwhelming, like, what the, what the hell's going on here? Um, and it just generally from like the medical side in, in a separate sense where I've had stuff like stuff like that with with doctors coming in and telling you different stuff. It's just like, can someone just give me the just give me the like just just tell me how it's how it's gonna be. Um, so yeah, that's that's powerful. Well, it sounds like it was a battle from like the first minute. Mm. It wasn't like it's supposed to be a collaboration. Like they're supposed to help you and be on your side. It sounds like. You were trying to just battling with them the whole way through in terms of what you wanted to bring and how it was supposed to be, and they kind of weren't delivering that. So then that surely makes the experience even worse 
because you have this idea about how you want it to go and what you want to happen. And then from kind of day, straight away, it's already not going like that. Yeah. So then it's not just the anxiety of obviously the baby being born and all the kind of emotions that come with this. It's also then the, this isn't going how we want it to. And then there's that kind of resentment towards the people that are supposed to be helping mm. you as well. So yeah. It felt certainly with the, the first midwife that went off, Felt like we were a team, and it felt like we were a team when she came back. Mm. But that whole the middle that session. whole twelve hours was there wasn't a team because either we were meant to, you know, it was meant to happen, and then they'd come in and they'd explain why, you know, there was another emergency C-section, and it must have broke the record for emergency C-sections that day because every time they came in, it was, that was why. Mm -hmm. and, like I say, it was it was either that they were weren't staffed correctly, which we know obviously is a is an issue. Um, but yeah, it was it it definitely felt very us versus them yeah, in exactly. that in that yeah, part of our team, like you're saying. Yeah. Do you think it's the like that the juxtaposition of the <clears throat> like you're when you're trying to reconcile with it and trying to understand it, the juxtaposition of it being like one of the happiest days and then the actual experience with just that gap between the two things has been the hardest thing to... But the, I mean, society sort of expects you to be elated. And obviously we, we were kind of elated that we'd, you know, she was, she was there and she was perfect. Um, but almost elated and therefore you just get on with it. Day one, bang. Um, Take, like slightly, yeah, like letting the full range of things go in. And I think that really gives context to what you were saying in the first one, um, when we all got together and you said about like after that experience with your child, like the context that you just given, I don't think that you could see how you wouldn't be like this massive expectation mm. you had the baby and being like, like what, like what's just happened? Does it sound yeah. like really? Yeah, yeah it makes it makes. It makes more sense. Yeah, but, yeah. Because when you're saying, like, you wanted to go this way and then it didn't go that way and then your wife's in even more pain, then how could you not feel, like, why has this had to happen? Why have you kind of, you've kind of done this to her because we wanted to go this way. Mm-hmm. Susan, would it be classed as a trauma, traumatic experience? Mm, absolutely, yeah, a traumatic birth experience. And I guess, no, I, I don't know because I've not got kids, but is there anything that leads up to pregnancy that says this will be traumatic? This will be a devastating thing. This is going to be hell. Is, do you think there's enough out there for, for dads or for mums? So this is the thing, right? This is, as you just explained, it sounds like it's supposed to be this lovely, beautiful experience, mm. natural, mm. you know, babies being born and beauty creation, but actually it's fucking horrendous. And it terrifies me. It's one of the main reasons I don't want to have children. So if there's not enough out there, like this conversation has been really enlightening for me because I've never heard someone talk about it in such depth and such honesty, I'm really grateful for that. So do you think there needs to be more out there to, to prep people? Do you think parents need to speak to each other about their experiences of childbirth so that it's more knowledgeable? Because I know there are other people out there that have said that they had I, traumatic I, experiences too. I definitely think so. I mean, I'm not saying that every birth is like that one. Mm. And certainly of the um, videos that we kind of watched during the hypnobirthing, it is more than... Um, it more than happens in relation to multiple hundreds, thousands of births that happen in a different way. And I'll touch on it with a second 
there because it was it was very very difficult. <clears throat> um, still got stuck, but there we are. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do I do think that, and and I think. I, I, I say to the guy friends that I've that I've got that uh, kind of announced that they're you know them and their, their partners are expecting. Um, I, I offer to kind of you know have a have a sit down have a beer with them um, because I know also that they might not they might not want to might not want to hear it. Yeah, it's it's that kind of. Oh, let me sit you down, have a, have a drink, and tell you how horrendous this next <laughs> yeah. this next period is going to be. Um, and it, it, like I say, it wasn't the experience that I had the second time round. Some of it was, you know, towards the end, it was um, it wasn't 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 nice. But at the same time, it was a very different experience. So, not every birth is like that experience. So going into that second experience, were your expectations different than the mm. first time? Did you have a different outlook on? How it was going to be, or was it similar? I was, I think I was probably just as nervous. Um, however, we we both felt much more in control. We had a doula, so a doula is someone that um, is with you. So I'm I'm the birth partner, and the doula is um, is kind of there to. She described it as I am here to be a liaison between the midwife and, mm. and you. Mm -hmm. um, get you a cup of tea, which is nice. Um, almost do those things that you can just focus. You can just be with Sammy. Um, you know, you can look into each other's eyes, and everything's okay. And all of the other bits and bobs she's doing, or the the team are doing. Yeah. Um, and effectively, it's it takes away that someone coming in that you don't know, um, trying to trying, you know, giving you instructions on what to do next, that it kind of waters it down because it's coming from someone that you've met doula-wise. We met her straight away when when we kind of announced it um, because we, and we, we had therapy at that point as well because we knew that it was, Lottie's birth was still there and it is still, mm. obviously plays on, on my mind quite a lot. Um, but it is quieter. It's much, much quieter now. Former has a kind of big scope these days, but if we kind of drill down to it's a threat to loss of life or limb, right? If we take that description of trauma, there's a lot of other types of trauma when we think about emotional trauma, but actually if we're looking at the physical trauma, right, you are talking about that, right? You're saying in a way it's so vivid, right? She's hanging off your neck, she's, she's in indescribable pain. And it was making me think, you know, this sense of, um, you're hypnobirthing, you're there to protect her, but who's there to protect you, right? This sense that you are there. And at times, you know, this midwife that's coming in and out made me wonder how much of that, you know, for you, how much would you have liked to have not been in that room, right? Actually, how much would you have liked to have been able to walk out and take a break? I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to take away of, you know, Sammy couldn't walk out there. Sammy, no, Sammy couldn't take not. a break. No. Um, that we can still have our own feelings about being in that situation. Like, she might have wanted to. Yeah. She couldn't, but she might have wanted to, and just like you may have wanted to. I think I, I remember when I was Lucasade Man, I remember I'm, I'm here, I'm, I've got this role, I'm doing this, and she's doing really, really, you know, great things. But actually all I want to do is go out and cry because of what, what we've just been through mm -hmm. and what we're going through now. Mm 
Um, but you know, it was. I was there in the moment. I was, yeah. I, but I was. I, we were focused. We. Were, mm -hmm. I think, like I say, that was the that was the time that felt the most joined up in terms of teamwork yes. with with the the medical profession. Um, but this, in a way, does link to our last session, right? So um, when we talked about suicide, right? So we've kind of talked. Well, we we have talked about it throughout. One of the biggest things that comes out of that, when you look at men's descriptions of suicide, right, what they leave in their letters, when you analyse it, they talk about the two main words that come out is feeling useless and worthless. And what I heard you saying was, I didn't have a role. I didn't have a purpose. I, I, I felt lost, right? <clears throat> and then when I'm Luca's aid man, right, now I've got a role. Mm. Now I know what I'm doing. Now I can be of help and I can be of service. <clears throat> and actually I can provide. Right. And just how important it is to have that sense of, in a way, identity. We were talking about that today. But I've got a purpose in the room now. You know, like I'm here for Sammy and I can provide something to her. Whereas before it sounds like you were really in this, you know, four hours of hell, feeling very lost, unsupported, and you, you're kind of floundering. You didn't have a role, right? Or it didn't feel clearly defined as no, a role. Right. It, it, um... So, like you say, the hypnobirthing, you're there to protect the the woman. And, um, I, you know, I was there to protect Sammy. And then when things happened, because it wasn't meant to do that. It was, right. it was meant to be intense. It was meant to be um, a surge. It was meant to be all the other words other than contraction. Yeah, the words that hypnobirthing give yeah. you that sometimes just don't match And up. it wasn't playing out like this video that we'd seen. Mm -hmm. And we were obviously constantly questioning yeah. ourselves. Are we getting it wrong? Are we doing things wrong? Yeah. Um, so when I forgot the lucasade on the second birth, I was shitting myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you do instead? Well, I, I, I said, right, I'm going to... Because we had Melanie there, the doula, mm -hmm. and things were calm, mm -hmm. so I'm like, right, I'm going to go. And then the water waters broke. So I was like, shit, I can't go. So, um, and actually... We, we, we laugh and joke about that now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, back, I, was, I, was, um, I was anxious because I, I know that that did so well last yeah, time. That worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yeah, certainly going back to Lottie's birth, it was, um, it, like I say, C-section. Um, worrying about the after, after effects of that in terms of not being able to drive, not being able to... Um, but you know, even bending forwards to change a nappy was, mm. was was difficult for mm. for Sammy, um, and you know, I I did a lot of the of the changes and and things. I did the first change, which was um, which was something else. You know, all of that shit on you. It's <laughs> lovely, um, but yeah, that moment was special because mm. you know she was she was here, she was there, and she was okay. She was safe. Um, we were just about to be discharged, and one of the, one of her test results came back slightly off. Um, her infection marker was was raised, and um, she needed a a lumbar puncture. Which um, I mean, I, I don't I haven't seen the lumbar puncture needle in an adult. No, sorry, I have seen the lumbar puncture needles mm. in an adult, and I don't know what it looks like in a in an infant let alone someone that's, you know, three days old. 
figure that he can out. What's a lumbar puncture? So um, it's to extract some what they call cerebrospinal fluid. They test that and um, they were looking for um, like meningitis. Okay. So, uh, so again, certain markers on those tests would be would be raised. So she, bless her, she had to go down for one of those, and um, obviously the parents aren't present for mm. for that kind of thing because it was. Um, it, it, well, bless her. I, I just you know think about it. it must have been must have been horrendous, um, and it didn't work. So she had to go down for another one, and then she didn't come back. And we had three people, uh, consultant and two. I can't wait two doctors come into the room. <laughs> Where's our baby gone? And she, um, I think we, we both thought, what's, what, what's happened? Where's, where's Lottie gone? Um, and it, it, it transpired that they'd done, they'd done the lumbar puncture, but she was, um, I think they were expecting her to be a bit more animated, a bit, you know, like, because it hurt. And she wasn't. She was a bit more lethargic and kind of not really bothered. So they they said we're going to have to take her to. In fact, we've taken her to to intensive care, like the Scaboo, um, because you know we we don't know at this stage what's 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 happening. We need to do these tests because the infection mark was raised, and we'll monitor her. Um, and. You know, after coming off the back of what we'd come off, it wasn't really the way that we wanted it to to go. Um, and this was also after, right, day one and two and three, and nearly, literally going home. We'd, we'd, I'm pretty sure, we'd bought the car seat up and everything, and then suddenly it was, oh, she can't go home. In fact, she's she's more poorly than. Um, but we'd done all the, you know, the, the, the day one photos and stuff, and um, so it was, it was, it was very sudden. Um, so we went down to see her, and she was in this uh, in, in, in intubator, and, and bless her, she just, she was asleep, but she looked again like she was. I don't think she ever looked, she didn't look poorly as such, but she, I don't know, we, we were just, we were beside ourselves. And now I, at this point, I, I kind of realised that there were other babies on there that were probably poorlier than, than Lottie was at the time. And maybe because they'd been there for a while or, you know, the parents had got, kind of got used to the situation. The parents were there and they were okay, but Sam and I were absolutely floods of tears. Mm -hmm. And it almost felt like we were kind of overdoing it because the others were like maybe laughing and joking and things. And we were, we were confused then because, you know, I think we, we didn't have questions that were answered. They still didn't really know what, what, what it was. Was it, was it a bad infection or was it something that's going to pass or... Um, so we just, yeah, we were just kind of sat there, floods of tears. Everyone else was. We thought that we were overdoing it, and but that's how we felt. You know, we felt this rush of, you know, she could die. Yeah. And we weren't told otherwise. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to think? The next stage was that she had a, an NG tube in to to feed her because she wasn't taking any milk. Um, 
and they were force feeding. Uh, say force feeding. Mm. They, they were, um, you know, giving the milk via a syringe. Um, and there was, again, I could I could liken it because there were two people there. One almost good cop, bad cop. Because. Bad cop was saying, "No, I have to do this in relation to she has to have these nutrients, mm -hmm. and she has to do this, and she has to do that." And Sammy was breastfeeding, and you can't tell how much they've taken. Mm -hmm. So she was saying that you can practice the breastfeeding, but I'm still going to have to give the same amount of stuff that I would give if she hadn't had any. Um, and Lottie promptly threw up on her, so that was okay. <laughs> I was giving her a piece of yeah, so. But you're talking again about another thing I think that's really kind of permeated your whole experience, which is the invasiveness of it all, Just right? That. The invasiveness of the medical procedures, whether it's been to you and uh, Sammy or to Lottie, you know, just this intervention after intervention. <coughs> it's kind of so bodily. It's so, it is really so invasive, right? Yeah. Um, I think it just, it, well, it, it just felt like we were, again, that we were just helpless. We, 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 didn't, yes. we didn't really know what was going on. We knew that there was these risks of, of you know, it could be an infection. What, we didn't know. Um, and it, it just went on for, for days. And there was, I, I remember again, like I say, kind of good cop, bad cop. I remember another, um, another nurse down on, the, on Scaboo that was... Um, Uh, she was just, she was lovely, and she said, um, she, she, we, we, so we hadn't had any answers for about five days, and they kept on doing the, the tests and stuff, and we weren't getting any results from them. So we asked the, the person that was there originally, and again, we didn't really get anything from them, but then this other lady came, this other nurse came on, and she, she actioned it, so she got the, the consultant in who alleviated our fears just in one conversation. And that's what we needed right at the start. Mm -hmm. um, I said that, that the markers are kind of coming down on the tests that we've done, and we didn't know that. She was just there lying down with an NG tube. Um, no, you know, no answers were coming to us. And, You'd think that they just should. Right. The parallels, though, again, you know, the kind of idea of helplessness and dependency. Mm. And this is where I think, you know, it would be interesting because John did talk about feeling very helpless during the pregnancy loss, right? Mm. And I think that is circling, you know, whenever you're kind of birth, babies, we're, we're always really talking about helplessness and dependency. And then later our relationship with that dependency on others, right? The interdependency. And this, this ability to kind of trust in others, trust that others will, will be there, that kind of they, they will take care of us. Just as Lottie is trusting it of you and you are trusting it of the medical professionals and then not feeling let down. And yet it makes me think about in some way, you, this is maybe a different way of looking at it, you know, and, and you, might, you might have something to say about this. It makes me wonder about the importance of these roles of the people that played good cop and bad cop and how in a way they get to hold and locate all of those feelings for you. Mm -hmm.